Hello there. Welcome to Fantasy Focus Baseball. It's a beautiful Thursday morning, April 15th, 2021. Uh, we celebrate Jackie Robinson Day. 74 years ago, he debuted for Brooklyn with courage and bravery, made history. We'll try to have a little fun on today's show. Welcome to Tristan Happy Cockroft. Kyle Sapi produces and researches, and I'm merely Eric Carabell. Tristan, that was a lot of fun last night watching Carlos Rodon. No hit uh, Cleveland. It could have been a perfect game, and I'm rooting for that because – Man, what a ride for this kid, this NC State lefty who, you know, he debuted like five or six years ago and was always like, I think it was 2015. He was always kind of like on the verge of really being relevant in fantasy baseball. And then last night he's throwing 98, 99 in the ninth inning. And I'm thinking he's relevant now. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I love the romance of baseball, as I'll put it. To watch a game like that that brings up my spirits about this game after I'm getting so aggravated about the increasing debate about the extra innings rule and um, but that was a lot of fun to watch. I was I was crushed when he hit Roberto Perez with that pitch in the foot because you know what like that is a filthy slider that he throws and that thing just broke a little bit too far and caught him on the top of the foot. And to see him lose a perfect game like that when he was so close is is really rough. But it was a great moment for him. And, you know, I mean, it, it, I know a lot of people probably didn't benefit from it in fantasy, but I think it's a pretty big story because you, you mentioned he was headed for greatness before the Tommy John surgery. If you remember, you and I discussed Carlos Rodon on the show, and I had mentioned him as my next Clayton Kershaw. I really thought that he had that kind of upside. And this is the first time in probably three years we've seen even a hint of that. First pitcher to throw a no-hitter after a Tommy John surgery. His was in 2019. And again, this is a fantasy baseball show. So first since? That's, he's really the first one since a Tommy John surgery. I saw that on Twitter, so it must be right. Um, I thought it was first within two years after. Maybe that Maybe that is what it is. Either way, like it gives us hope that um, – that this can happen to somebody who's, who's had so many injuries he had a shoulder problem for a while. And that scares us a lot more than the elbow. So when you see something like that, you're, you you get a little bit of hope. I mean, Joe Musgrove threw the no hitter the first week. And now we have Rodon. I think we're going to have like double digit, no hitters this season. The hitters can't catch up to speed, especially in cold weather in April. And we're going to see somebody like flirt with a no hitter, like, like every week, literally, I'm not even being facetious there. I just, I, I, but I guess we should get to the point on Rodon. Like his ne- next outing is Monday morning. That's right, Monday morning in Boston. Patriots Day Patriots game. Patriots yep. Day game. So if you're going to do weekly lineups, you've got to do it either Sunday night or early Monday morning, 11 a.m. That game starts, and you can say whatever you want about lineups locking on a daily basis, whether there's rainouts or or games postponed. They're going to lock at the first scheduled game. That happens on a lot of sites, including ours. Now, it's going to lock at 11 a.m. whether they play that game in Boston or not. Are you using Rodon next week? His schedule is Boston, uh, then Texas, and then Cleveland if if all goes well. And two of those teams don't hit at all. Yeah, and the Texas one is really the hook for me. I mean, I mean, I think my concern with the Boston outing is just what we saw from just Mo- uh, Joe Musgrove coming off the no-hitter, four innings. I think it was 81 pitches that he threw. Uh, and, and that was a little when he was struggling, he was kind of laboring a little bit more through the outing. I think that could happen a little bit with Rodon. Boston has some bats in there that could present him some problems. But most of my leagues lean towards the weekly lineups. And therefore, because Rodon will be aligned for the two starts, I would start him here. The other thing, too, is we got to dig a little bit into what Rodon did. I mean, the guy averaged 95.2 miles per hour with his four-seamer. It's the fastest he's seen at any point in the major leagues. 
His slider is breaking to a, a much greater extent than it did in, in the past couple of years. You could see that in the game if you were watching it. And I, I think that because of where we're at in the season, you need to grasp to any subtle changes you see like this. By the way, the other thing too is he's getting huge. He's getting a lot of extension on his pitches. He's releasing the ball a lot closer to home plate. So in addition to the fact that he's throwing it harder, he's releasing it closer. It's giving hitters less time to react. And I think that makes him a bona fide starter right now for fantasy. I don't know what the volume is going to be, but I've got him in there. I've got him in there for that game. I've got him in there for my weeklies. And I think you got to get on board with that. And any other pitchers you see, who I've, I've, I wrote about two of them yesterday, who've made subtle changes, you need to make the stash. This is not a case of where you and I talk about let's try and sell them high because the value will never be higher. Not so sure. I don't think anyone gives you anything for them. I think you got to get on board for the ride. So not to give away everything you wrote about in your excellent article on Wednesday, but Alex Cobb was on your list of ads, and I found that a little surprising. So would you rather have Rodon or Cobb for the rest of the season in fantasy? I'd rather have Rodon because I think the stuff is filthier. And yeah, it's easy to say that coming off a no-hitter. But I, I do think when you're throwing 95, you've got a slider like he does. All of his pitches look a lot better, and he's made a delivery change. He worked with his pitching coach during spring training to do that. There are more reasons there. on There are more, more boxes checked. Uh, checked. All right, moving on to some other names here. Christian Yelich with the back injury continues to sit hoping to avoid the injury list. Dodgers would have already done it. Um, are you concerned about Yelich because he did not play well in 2020 and now a back injury for a hitter who we need power and speed from? That's that's that, that's definitely worrisome. It, it definitely is. And if you know anything about Yelich when he slumps, if he hits the ball on the ground more than half the time, he does have much less fantasy potential. And that's what scares me about the back issue. So yeah, I'm a little bit alarmed seeing this. Uh, half of Houston's lineup is out with the COVID, um, but they could be back tomorrow. So safety just, protocols, it's safety protocols. Right. So, you know, like a, how I miss JD Martinez hitting a three homer game on Sunday. Like just, you have to be aware of the news this season all the time. That's what's scary. It's a little different than like Andrelton Simmons. He's out for at least 10 days because he is who he is. Um, so they'll have a different shortstop. Max Fried with the hamstring injury. Um, he is, he was not pitching well, ugly, very, very ugly start to the season. Uh, with 14 earned runs, 23 hits in 11 innings. And you were much more a fan than I was. Um, now I'm not a fan at all. And Atlanta's slumping this week. What a weird season, like, you know, like streaky-wise. Um, but your thoughts on Freed, obviously, it was, so let's let's get right to it. In an ESPN Standard League, do you do you stash him, keep him around, or do you just dump him for Rodon or Cobb? I, I don't think that you're in a position where you have to let him go. You probably don't have a full injured list yet. And if you don't, I would go out of my way to try to keep Max Freed around there. You look at some of the the, uh, the pitch selection, I don't see any significant shifts. There's nothing here that screams panic. It could just be small sample noise. Um, but if you had to do it, you've got a full injured list. Dropping it for Rodon is not a, an outrageous move in our standard game in the 10-team mixed or, or shallower. I concur. Moving on to a recap of uh, what we saw uh, already this week. Ramon Laureano is running wild. Two multi-steal games, eight steals for the season, a lot more than he had last year. And he ran a little bit. I mean, he had like 20 steals in his first like uh, full season of action. But this is a pace. Well, the pace is crazy. But is Ramon Laureano going to be a 40-steal guy this year? Because I would have ranked him in the top 100 if I knew that. <laughs> this is this is wild what he's doing. I mean, they've got a leadoff guy in Marcana gets on base. They've got the mats at corner infield after him, scoring, you know, knocking him in. This, this is a different Ramon Laureano. It's pretty exciting. 
It definitely is. And I, I thought that we would see some rebound. I didn't see anything close to this. But what I like about Loriano and and this is Oakland's uh, approach overall, they've got a lot of great defensive players, is he is one of those ones whose his defense is going to keep him in the lineup in a premium lineup spot. I love the aggressiveness. I think he's got the speed to back this up. 40 steals you throw? Well, he needs 32 more stolen bases to get there. That's not completely out of the realm of possibility, I would recommend people target 2025 the rest of the year. But that's very good. That's a huge rebound. Yeah, I wrote about some stolen base guys in uh, my Wednesday column there. And Laureano, I mean, this this is a lot of fun that he's doing this. Um, Adam Duvall's had a nice week, a bunch of homers in RBI. Um, I, I hate when people say slow start to the season. It was like one week where he didn't hit. Like, yeah. is Freddie Freeman off to a slow start? I mean, like, it's so early. You can't really acknowledge anything. But I think We'd Adam never Duvall, do this in July. We would never do it for a yeah, one exactly. week to 10 day thing in July. We know what Adam Duvall is. You know, he's, he could be a 25 homer, 250 hitting guy, even with Miami. That's what he is, right? So if you add him, expect that it'll be ebbs and flows, but he'll end up somewhere around there. I mean, it could be more. He could be, you know, I don't know, this year's Solaire, I suppose. But I, I mean, that's we kind of know what he is at this point. Yeah. I mean, mind the matchups, lean on the weeks with more games, lean on the weeks where he's facing weaker pitching, road games where he's in good ballparks. I, I mean, that's what Duvall is. You adding Jed Lowry, he's hitting. We knew he could hit. He obviously didn't want to with the Mets or his health wouldn't allow him to. But he, if he bats third for Oakland, I mean, that's that's a that's an RBI guy. That's a 90 RBI guy. If he bats third for Oakland and they move Olsen to fifth. Yeah. Did Larry that could happen. Up, did he pick up the se- the 10th game at second base yet? He's yeah, got to so be getting keep, pretty Keep close. an eye on that, folks. Our, our rule at ESPN is 10 games in season. And Nine if Larry, Larry's one game away, but there's going to be other guys who, who are adding – Nobody loses their eligibility during the season, but there are guys who are adding eligibility. Anybody off the top of your head who's adding eligibility that's important? Yeah, we have some that added it. Lowry, very quickly on him. Um, I, I was actually considering putting him at second base in my rankings, but then realized he didn't qualify, so that makes it tough because he was only at DH. Uh, I, I buy a little bit. It's just the injury history. you got to be real careful with him. But when he's healthy, he's good. The Reds, because of the infield shifting, Jonathan oh, India picking up second base, Mike Mustakis short. Suarez, Suarez has shortstop. Yep. Yeah. Wow. That's a big deal. Okay. And there was another infielder who picked up an additional spot. And I'm, uh, Hira hasn't gotten there at first base. Not that you would use him there. Um, uh, but yeah, I mean, if he doesn't hit, nobody's going to even be rostering him. <laughs> I think Marcus Semyon might've picked up. Oh, he did. Case. He did. Semyon did kind of filet as it's short. It's like there's some, there's some he had bunch. Short. He had short, um, soon Jared Walsh should out outfield. That'll be, I guess, helpful. Um, so, yeah, keep an eye on that. All right, so here we go. Tyler Glass now, Corbin Burns. Apparently there was a poll, um, uh, I guess on Twitter about this, uh, from our friend Kyle. Um, who is the better fantasy baseball pitcher over the next five years? And 54% said Glass now to 46 for Burns. Wow. I don't know about that. I mean, I, I still worry about Glass now staying healthy. Now, they both look amazing so far. I mean, they're not walking anybody. They're striking everybody out. Who would you say for this year and for the future? I think that's it's a, Burns for me. That's an excellent poll. I, I love Corbin Burns, and so the personal bias is going to swing in that direction for me. But I, I do think that's competitive. I'm with you that that Glasnow has shown us enough injury history over the past couple of years that I understand why we are more scared. But his stuff is pretty comparable. It's top-shelf Cy Young caliber when healthy. I mean, Burns in 18 and a third innings against the Cubs, bad offense, Cardinals, average, and Twins, excellent offense, has allowed four hits. Four hits, nary a walk, 30 strikeouts. That's an amazing start. 
Thirty I mean, that, k's no walks is amazing to do that I mean, in the that's first. Unheard three of. Yeah, I, I, that's I. I would take Burns, but not because of what he's done so far. Just I. I liked him better to start the season. Sorry for healthy. Um, did you? Did you actually have Burns ranked over Glass now? I don't know, but I think I did. I don't know. I, I, I don't look. think I did. I think it was close, but I'm I pretty don't sure I had Burns like borderline top twenty, and I don't. I don't know if I did Glass now. But I, I, let me look. I could be, I, you know, look, I don't even, I mean, I'm updating them pretty much once a week. So let me look and see what I have now because that would tell me. Okay. So while you check that, I'm going to note that. Oh, I have Glass now ahead. Oh, no, actually, I Burns at 14 and Glass now 15. So okay. yeah, I was competitive at the beginning. Yeah. So this is the thing with Burns. Amazing breakthrough year last year. And so far, I know three start sample, the underlying metrics on his raw stuff have actually improved again which is extraordinary if you think of what he did last year. So this could very well be, if he gets up to the 200-inning pitch, 30-plus start threshold, he could be a bona fide year-over-year Cy Young candidate. I traded for Casey Mize in a league yesterday, which is very un-Eric-like to trade for a young starting pitcher. But it looked good so far. Um, Well, there were contracts involved, so it made sense. I was trading. I traded a $49 Bryce Harper, who I wouldn't have kept. My team's already out of it. Um, I got a $31 Devers, and I got Mize at eight. And I thought that was fair. Um, you know, I mean, it's not going to help me win the league this year. But if Casey Mize emerges, I mean, like, and he looks like he is. He's throwing harder. He looks good so far, but it's early. Yeah, Casey Mize, can you see a pathway to him being a top 30 fantasy starting pitcher for us? I can. It's a big leap to take. Did not amaze in spring training. You and I talked about that. But that last start he just had, he looked like a different pitcher. And so far, and yes, yeah, small sample, the velocity bump is pretty darn significant. He'd be on my list where we we're talking about Rodon before about guys who have made improvements. So yeah, I'm, I'm willing to listen and the ceiling is in that group. I want to take Mize over Rodon rest of the season. Um, I'm not Mize did it. there. Not close. Mize did it against the twins and Astros. Good lineups. Uh, not when Astros had their lineup um, concerns, Blake Snell, Steven Strasburg, who concerns you more? Strasburg. I think he's Although, hurt. Yeah, I think he clearly hurt. His velocity's down. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it was down before. We talked about that before. It was yeah. down a little bit. Is it significantly down? I'm taking it. I mean, look, Blake Snell couldn't get through the first inning against Pittsburgh. Fine. Joe Musgrove couldn't beat them. Fine. It happens. But Snell wasn't throwing strikes. He threw 38 pitches and couldn't get out of the first. Yeah. That's a big problem. He's not going to win a lot of games, even on a very good team. He can't go five innings. I think the, the difference here is I don't think Strasburg's healthy. He's it's significantly down. It's matching the one one or two starts he had last year. Ninety one nine. That's, that's bad. Clear sign. Yep. All right, uh, a clear sign. We need some song from you. So sing it. It's the closer carousel. It's the closer carousel. Julian Merriweather's on the injured list, and uh, that's bad news. Uh, that was an oblique strain, so we probably don't see him again until May. And everybody's adding Jordan Romano, but I think it might be Rafael Dolis. Does it matter? And does Merriweather get the job back as soon as he's healthy? There's no guarantee of that either. It matters because that team will contribute save chances. But I do think that could lean committee, unfortunately. I mean, as you mentioned, Dolis did get the ninth inning in a key situation against the Yankees. It could very well be just a division of save chances the entire year. But that I'm on board with all three pitchers. Rest of the season, who would you rather have, Kendall Graveman of Seattle or Rafael Montero, who's already blown three saves? Do you feel confident Montero keeps this job much longer if he keeps giving up runs? No. Graveman's not giving up anything. Graveman looks excellent. He's another guy on the list of uh, subtle pitch selection improvements. Um, on board with that. 
it's hard for me to make the case for Graveman over Montero if I'm buying today for the rest of the year. But I, it's a, it, you can make the case without question. Graveman is like to me like an older version of Merriweather. Where'd this come from? Graveman was never this good. He was a ground ball guy. Now he's throwing hard. Statcast has made huge advances for players, and the fact that players are looking into that, you know, good for them. I'm glad. All right, I've been avoiding this, Craig Kimbrell. Like, really, I just I've been avoiding talking about him because I I think that as soon as we say that he's safe again as a top ten fantasy closer, something really really bad is going to happen. But six innings, no hits, only one walk, ten strikeouts. His team can't hit, but he's not allowing anything. He looks fantastic. Um, are you buying this? Somewhat, yes. Um, I'm trying to remember the exact year here. I think it, yeah, it's the 2019. I feel like Kimbrel to 2021 is Kenley Jansen's 2019. Maybe not quite to that top shelf level, but you know he's pitching better than Jansen did. That's the year he blew eight saves at a 3.71 ERA, and you and I were getting so frustrated with him. There's no competition. It's Kimbrel's job. There's absolutely no competition. The question is, does does he just start walking people tomorrow without warning? Um, That's why it's the Jansen roller coaster ride of 2019. I guess so. Um, I picked up Yimmy Garcia in a league. It's pretty clear he's the closer for Miami, yep. and he could keep that job for a while. Yep. So I actually feel pretty confident Yimmy Garcia keeps that job. I picked him up over Lucas Sims, who may get 10 saves, but I don't see a pathway to him getting like 25 saves. Um, Red's bullpen is pretty darn fascinating, by the way. Three pitchers that I find intriguing for fantasy purposes. Yeah, I, I don't know what they're going to do with TJ Antone. I don't know if he, I don't think he's going to start or close. I think they want to use him in this long relief role. He almost had a four inning save and he looked great. One out away. TJ Antone is the Michael Kopech of the National League. Yeah, he looks fantastic. And by the way, Devin Williams looks terrible. No longer the setup man for, uh, for in Milwaukee. Uh, yeah, I'm worried he's hurt. I am worried he's hurt. Probably is. And look, this is why you don't invest in keeper leagues in relief pitchers, closers or otherwise. I saw people spend so much money in auctions on Devin Williams, and I'm like, you're crazy. Not only is he not going to get saves, but there's no way he's going to repeat that. Well, I didn't think he would be this bad so early, but like relief pitchers, it, it changes so fast yep. from day to day. Anyway, that's enough of that. Greg Holland, Kansas City. You can't, you can't feel good about this, but I don't know who gets the saves there. Do you? Probably he gets the majority, but they've they've made clear signs that it's committee based. Uh, they got Josh Dalmont back after that one. That's another guy, one day COVID injured list stint. Yeah. They've got Wade Davis there, who I think got a chance at one point. They got Scott Barlow, who's got the stuff to close. It's just a frustrating situation. Holland's probably relevant in the fifteen team mix where you have to get your saves and the AL onlys. All right, time for the combo meals. Sing that one if you will. Hey, it's a combo meal. Do, 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 do. Combo, combo. Do, 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 do. It's a combo meal. Home run plus steal. And he's dancing around. Like I see him on, and thanks to Squadcast for helping us here. He's dancing around in his basement. You got to get into it. Yankee shirt. And like his fingers are pointing, like he's shooting someone. It's, it's just amazing what he's doing is on his little dance here. I'm doing um, the Elaine Bennis dance. Okay. You know, all the thumbs and the fingers. And the. <laughs> and by the way, to people asking on Twitter, why we don't use our actual sounds and music, none of us are in the studio. So we can't, <laughs> we're all sitting at home in our basement. Um, so combo meals, uh, Tuesday, Charlie Culberson of all people had one. <laughs> Uh, which makes me think if Josh Jung was this healthy, he would be Texas Rangers third baseman right now. Texas does not have a third baseman. They 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 moved the third baseman to short and they traded the shortstop, who's terrible, uh, Andrews. And uh, now Charlie Culberson's playing third base. And then uh, against uh, lefties mostly. 
Yeah, right. But like if Jung hadn't brought, I think what what happened to Josh Jung? Let me look it up. He had an injury that, that sidelined him for more. Than, yeah. Yeah. It was like something like, cause I have him in a league and I was like, oh good. Yeah. I think it was a broken foot or something like that. It was that. a month plus injury. Stress fracture. So, so he, he won't be playing until June. So, but Texas I'm, I'm not sure Jung contributes this year, by the way, that injury was worrisome enough. Uh, Wednesday had a cornucopia combo meals. Gregory Polanco, of course, against Musgrove. Jazz Chisholm, who's so much fun, and Bo Bichette. That Toronto middle infield man is is fantastic. I mean, homers, steals. Semyon looks great. Bichette looks great. Um, Bo Bichette looks like a. I, I I wonder if we're ranking Bo Bichette where we do Trey Turner next season. I really do. I, I'm wondering why I'm not doing it now. Why do I not have Bo Bichette in my top ten of my rankings? I'm considering it. Oh, I think you know why. It's just the samples. Yeah, but what, what do I need to see? Like uh, injury? No. You need to see more than whatever it was, 65 career games coming into this year. I feel really good about Bo Bichette. And you can now. And 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 he's going to earn that trust by the end of the year. So when you, you mention you next season. You can't tell me. I mean, you can if you want. But you, I don't think you can tell me that Trey Turner will have more home runs than Bichette or more steals. It could be either way. I think Bo Bichette is Trey Turner right now. Tell me that's wrong. In the healthy games you know you have from them? Sure. You've sold me on that. that uh, but so, so why we, are we not we have, ranking Bo Bichette like number nine overall? Because we have not seen the level of performance and durability in him at the major league level that we have from Trey Turner. And I know Turner's missed some time, but Turner's got a longer track record. And that's all it is. Well, you know what? In my next update, I'm going to do that. And I'm go- also, I also have Ronald Acuna in my new number one over Mookie Betts. Well, that's Mookie. the case. Where's Bichette in your ranks? Bichette's top eight? I'm going to move him to like number nine or 10. And Turner's like seven or eight. I mean, I think, I think, yeah, we haven't seen enough. It's, it's tax day or should have been tax day. So it's not, it's very early, but to me, Boba Shet looks like a fantasy monster, like a 25 Homer, 30 steel guy. And maybe Trey Turner's a 20 Homer, 35 steel guy, but Trey Turner's not running that much. I, I, I think, I think Boba Shet's Trey Turner. I do. You know, in a month, you could tell me I'm I'm wrong. I'm an idiot. I, I, don't, I don't care. I don't have a major problem with that. You, you know, there's a difference between buying in for the guy for 162 at, on draft day and today going with the hot hand while you have him. And yes, on, I, on a per game performance, I think they're, they are pretty comparable. Okay. That's all I wanted to say. So my next rankings will have Acuna one and I will make room for Bichette in my top 10 because I think that's where he belongs. I don't know who I'm pushing out. Well, Yelich obviously is no longer top 10. Um so that's one <laughs> that I could definitely push out. Was Yelich in your top 10? I don't think he was. He was just outside, wasn't he? Oh, let me look. He would have been close. I am 12. He's moving down. You know, Bellinger's I, out if he was a candidate. Bellinger was not. I had Bellinger way. I had Bellinger way after you. I had him 27. And I Freeman. think that was smart. Freeman's 11. Um, now, DeGrom called Bieber. I, I almost think they should move up. <laughs> I had Turner 5. I think Bichette deserves a spot, you know. Maybe I had a Jose Ramirez now. That Cleveland lineup's so bad. I wonder if Ramirez goes 25 and 80 and 15 because of yeah. the apathy around him. It's but not a good lineup. as we You say to me, Bobichet <laughs> versus Francisco Lindor. I think I'm taking Bichette now. I don't think Lindor's going to steal a lot of bases, batting where he does. You raised the question, and we're dead on with this, that I think Lindor is a bit overrated for our purposes. And not doesn't mean he's a bad player. Great player. Yeah. People think of him as one of the first five names off their head. That's not what he is. Looking at the schedule here and trying to find some pitchers that matter Thursday, Chris Paddock's game has probably already started, uh, you know, unless there's rain. I'm not going to watch the Phillies. Jake DeGrom is either strong or no. Well, you know, watch the Phillies score four runs off the Grom when they couldn't hit David Peterson on Wednesday. I didn't even watch. 
I, I turned, I watched something else. I watched the 76ers. Uh, you know, they are going to score four runs because that fits the DeGrom never gets a win narrative. It's unbelievable how they don't score for him. Um, Julio Urias at home against Colorado. That's a given. That's <laughs> just a given. Colorado on the road is definitely a matchup to exploit everywhere. <laughs> but Rich Hill's on, Rich Hill's on ESPN Plus tonight at home against Texas. And Texas can't score. But I don't know if Rich Hill's going five innings. So like, Use them, though. With that matchup, you, you got to use them. Don't you? I mean... Mm-hmm. Tampa's a, a very pitching-friendly ballpark, too, yeah. Patrick Corbin, revenge game against Arizona. About are that. you using – that's a – after how he looked in the first game and the missed time, are you using – Yes, because Arizona, that's starting to look like the NL version of Texas. You know, you take – Christian Walker goes in the DL and you say, oh, so what? Look at that lineup. Yeah, no Cattell Marte. Cabrera is hitting cleanup. Yep. No Marte, no Walker. It's just – it's bad. Josh uh, – Rojas not doing much of anything. And, and by the way, great spring. somebody tweeted us, you know, about spring training stats. We told you not to look at spring training stats. Josh Rojas was not going to be awesome this season. I mean, who was, who were the other guys in spring training that were just fantastic? And we said, come on, you know, you know, in fairness, Josh, pitchers Rojas, are different. Pitchers are different. Yeah. But, but you know what? I don't feel bad at all about being wrong on Josh Rojas because he cost you absolutely nothing. When I you mentioned not his- be wrong, it's only 10 days. Two weeks? He cost you... Yeah, exactly. That's the thing. But he's not playing. That's the problem. They're not going to play him now because they have a healthy Nick Ahmed and they're good with That's Escobar your sign. Cabrera. When a, when a manager doesn't play a guy, there's a reason... You know, like, this is not like Andrew Vaughn. That's ridiculous. But, like, when a manager isn't playing a guy like Josh Rojas, that's a problem. He should be yeah. playing him every day, especially when they're not going to Vaughn win anything. falls in that, too. But but the thing with Rojas... That's going to change. Vaughn's going to change. They're going to play him now. Rojas two weeks ago is how I feel about Alex Cobb today. You have got to take chances on guys who could develop and you need to be prepared to move on. And that's what Rojas cost you. And that's all good. McKinstry. Good I'm example. so mad I did not get him in various leagues, you know, like not where I needed stuff this year, but like keeper leagues. Like, cause I think he's this year's Jay Cronenworth. I think he's going to hit, he's going to play everywhere. Lefty bat, not 20 homers, not 20 steals. Look at about 290 with a lot of everything. And Dodgers will play him a lot. So, you know, I have Cronenworth in one keeper league. I, I should have gotten McKinstry. I just didn't do it. I, I, I messed up. Yep. Friday's the schedule. All right, this is an interesting one. And this is for your value DFS option for Friday night. Mike fulton uh against Baltimore. He looked good against the Padres in his last outing. And Frankie Montas against Detroit. And Detroit actually scores now because Akil Badu is, is special, it looks like. I Man, he's been great. Yeah. He looks great. I mean, I just, I'm a little bit cautious. But Fulton Evers versus Montas, and you might think that's ridiculous, but Fulton Evers looks good. So, And he's probably cheaper on DFS. What are your thoughts on these two guys? He probably is cheaper. And, and that's a key here is that if he is, I'm probably going to, with these two, want him as my second guy at a lower price. I I personally like Montas better. And yeah, I'm trying to trying to see where I have uh, that, that Detroit lineup compared to uh, Baltimore's. Pretty similar. I that for you. I, I, off the top of my head, I'd say pretty similar. Like not a lot of scary guys, but Baltimore's got power. Santander types, you know. Um, I, I think Baltimore more, but who knows? If Baltimore, I feel Badu is really going to hit 25 home runs, then that changes everything. Baltimore uh, is, uh, actually Baltimore, actually Detroit is the, forecasters got Detroit as the worst offense against already. Okay. Um, uh, Mets go to Coors Field. Ooh, fun for Mets hitters. Maybe Pete Alonso hit a couple home runs there. Uh, Joe Lucchese on ESPN Plus on Friday night. Oh, you do not want you know you don't want uh, Joe Lucchese even at City Field. You certainly don't want him in Coors. Just or a maybe, heads heads up there. He's not that's, pitching that game. It's going to rain in New York 
on Thursday today. The Grom's going to start a course. Now I'm not saying that's a hundred percent. Do you use him? You have to use him. You use him anywhere. You use him on a little league field. Come on, Jake DeGrom. But this is the thing in DFS. A lot of times the price. No, not DFS. I don't use him in DFS. But a lot of times the pricing is based on what they presume the starter would be. So be really careful with assuming that guys facing DeGrom are bargains. They could be being priced at the lower, at the Lucchese level. Just be careful. I think that should be a drop. The Lucchese level. Um, Saturday, ESPN Plus has Luke Weaver at Washington. Last outing was good. Seven shutout innings against the Reds, who sometimes score and sometimes don't. Uh, Luke Weaver, to me, seems like somebody you, you would be interested in. I know you have him in a, in a keeper league, and um, you know he should be good. I mean, he's not the right-handed Carlos Rodon because he hasn't had the same years of injuries. But Luke Weaver was supposed to be really good. Using him against Washington? I think the one you're thinking of, I did trade him, but I do like him. And that was the reason I had him. Yeah, I probably would use him. I mean, I don't think I'd use him in DFS. Washington isn't one of the best uh, matchups you could ask. You know, he's, he's kind of a middling, leaning to okay. All right, here's an interesting name that you might want to use over him. And I'm, I'm pr- probably pronouncing his name wrong. This is Atlanta's right-hander, Huascar Inoa. Um, he's at Wrigley Field. The Cubs are awful offensively right now. That should change. But if Javier Baez is going to strike out almost literally half the time and they have no depth and Bryant looks terrible and Rizzo looks terrible. I mean, do you use Inoa? It's Y-N-O-A. You know who I'm talking about. Yeah. Even if I'm, I'm, not, I'm not trying to pronounce it wrong. But Inoa's last outing was good. It was like 10 strikeouts. At Wrigley, are you using him? And not just DFS, in fantasy as well. I mean, are you picking him up for that outing? I, I think I would, yeah. And he did look good enough in that last outing. Ca- caught a little bit of it that I'm, I'm encouraged. And you might as well exploit the the streak there i I know there's there's so much anti-streak discussion but there has been some data to suggest that it's worth exploiting uh cold hot streaks especially you know in a in a matchup spaces i'm just not locking him in long term sunday night baseball on espn atlanta chicago no pitchers are mentioned here maybe you know the pitchers tristan but um watch the game anyway because it's baseball and it's the only game on at that time and uh, it's on our air um, but um, Atlanta's lineup is a lot better than Chicago. So uh, Kyle Hendricks, I guess we're waiting to see what happens. Oh, he was sick the other this day. Is the, this is the injury day where Max Fried's spot was there. So it's a TBD. They're talking Bryce Wilson probably. And Chicago's is where do they slot in Kyle Hendricks? Does he come in in this series or does he wait for the Mets series? So, you know, you're in a weekly league. You need a streamer for Sunday. It's a tight head-to-head week. Let's look and see who's available here Mm -hmm. for Sunday that might be available in your league. Um, John Gant at Philadelphia. Phillies aren't hitting. You know, I guess you could make that case. There must be somebody better than that. Peralta's Um, probably taken if he wasn't. I would assume Freddie Peralta's taken at this point in your league. John Means at Texas. I mean, if John Means is available, you use him at Texas for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. By the way, his opponent in that game, Kyle Gibson, is on the list of some subtle yeah. Statcast-driven numbers. Looks, He's looks got better numbers. Didn't he have one good outing, one bad? Let me. I want to look it up, and make sure I get it right. But... Hard contact is down fifteen percent for Kyle Gibson this year. Okay. I, I'm. Yeah. I'm another case of throw. He didn't. Get, he got one out in his opening start against Kansas City, and since then he's given up one run over two outings against Tampa and Toronto. It makes no sense. But he's not a strikeout guy, right? He's a little more K-oriented this year, but it's a three-start sample. But again, throw your darts. I'm not wild here. You're like, if you need to load up. I would use means first. Me too. Uh, um, You know, again, we don't know if he's available in your league or not. Jake Odorizzi's second outing. This one's at Seattle. 
Um, I don't know. Do you trust Jake Odorizzi? That was a bad first outing, and we don't know who's playing for Houston by this point. Yeah, that's the thing. We need to know who's playing for Houston in that game. So keep an eye on the lineups. Uh, Seattle's a good matchup. It's certainly a top eight matchup. I'm a no on Odorizzi. I need Odorizzi to earn his spot in my lineup before I'd activate him for anything. I think that's all fair there. And by the way, Taiwan Walker at Coors, I'm going to say no. Now he's looked good so far, but I'm going to say no. Ignore the whole Mets, the, the right off the Mets pitching staff for the weekend. Unless DeGrom's pitching, then you have to. Yeah, you, you can't not. And you that. probably have to use Edwin Diaz because that's the yeah. nature of closers. But you get you should. Head. You should. It's only one inning. You know, he could be facing the bottom of the lineup. Who knows? Um, by the way, something I forgot to mention on the Carlos Rodon stuff earlier. Zach Collins in his 15th career game at catcher in the majors caught that near perfect game. And, you know, we think of Zach Collins as a DH because he is in, in ESPN fantasy mm-hmm. and he'll get his catcher eligibility soon. But good for him. Yeah. You know, like, honestly, good for Zach Collins. That was pretty cool to have a guy who you think is not a good defender or, or framer or pitch caller, whatever people think of Zach Collins. And then he goes and he does that. I mean, you know, Rodon did that, but the catcher plays a huge role, people, like in any outing. Sometimes mm-hmm. when a pitcher gets lit up, it's because of the catcher. Sometimes when a pitcher does a no-hitter, it's because of the catcher. It's just like, good for Zach Collins. I think that's fun. I, I don't think we're going to see your Mercedes play, play any catcher this season. I think Zach Collins is the backup there, and and Mercedes is their Schwarber, who doesn't play the outfield. He's their DH. Incredible. Think, Incredible what Mercedes is doing. I'm, I'm so, proud every day. I said, I think a week ago, 270 with 20 home runs. And I said he could be a top 10 catcher. And I think you scoffed at that. And I think a lot of people did. I think it's fair to scoff. Have you changed your mind? Because I haven't. I think he can be a top 10 catcher. When I rank him against Yadier Merlina, Buster Posey, uh, Carson Kelly, I'm like, why can't your Mercedes do better than those guys? I think that's, I don't even think it's bold to say top 10 catcher. Your Mercedes. Think, I don't think it's bold either. I put him 19th in my catcher rankings when I did the update this week. And that's really a catcher, not a far cry from the top 10 status. The, the issue is just the career track record and that opposing pitchers will make adjustments. They will. To him. So that's I why I rank mind. him where I did, but I'm with you. That's the high end is definitively in the top 10 catchers. And you and I mentioned he's like the Alejandro Kirks and to a lesser degree, Williams Estadio. Not going to hurt you. You got to be happy having him in your catcher spot. And by the way, Kirk has only one hit in 16 PAs or 16 at bats, and it was a homer. He's better than Danny Jansen. He's going to take the starting catcher role from him at some point. I think Kirk could be a top 10 catcher as well. The, part of the problem is I can't find 10 catchers for my top 10. I've got Mercedes number nine. <laughs> yeah. And then it's like, yeah. I don't want Gary Sanchez. I know he's not striking out, but I don't want him anyway. Let's move on. Now Kyle comes in. He's got trivia and hash Browns and lots of fun. Kyle. Hello to you again. What's going on? We've always got lots of fun. We'll start with the trivia. I want you to name the four players that have at least four homers and multiple steals this season. So I'm not asking you to go way back in the archives or anything like that. This season, four homers, Two steals through April 14th. We'll get back to that in just a minute. Hash brown time. Jared wants to know if it's time to, if you're getting a rebound or a worry when it comes to Mancata and Hira. <sighs> Feels a little early still. I mean, I watched Hira's game the other day. I think I'm more worried actually about Mancata. And here's why. Because last year, Mancata looked terrible. And everybody said, oh, it was because of, because of COVID. Well, he looks terrible again, and he's not making contact. Yeah. And he struck out like 200 times a couple of years ago in a season. And then he batted 315 with like a 400 BABIP, and everybody's like, Eric, you're wrong. Okay, but if you look at Moncada's batting averages for the past four seasons, 225, 
315, 235, 231. He's had his Brady Anderson season. He's had his aberrant numbers. I don't know if Yom- Yomakata is a 250 hitter. I know that's going to sound odd, but if Yomakata hits 250 with 20 home runs a season and doesn't steal any bases, I'd rather have Kyle Seeger. So I think we're all over. I don't want to jump off the bandwagon too soon on Moncada, but I'm more worried about Moncada than Cura. Tell me that's right or wrong. I don't think there's a right or wrong answer to either of these two players. Uh, Moncada's underlying numbers all look, they're they're dead on with 2020, which is a, a huge concern as you outlined. But you know, he's 25 and I, I remember doing some research on him that I thought there were paths for him to improve. He is just a streaky by nature player and it's 11 games. I I would much rather have Moncada than Seager just because the high level is better than Seager's. But I see your point that Seager is a heck of a lot safer to deliver you better final stats, Roto-wise. I I see your point there. Okay, next. Fair enough. Ross wants to know if you like Jared Walsh or Dom Smith, both for the rest of this season and moving forward in a keeper league. Love them both, but Dom Smith's in my top 100. In fact, I have him ranked like number 60. And I had him ranked number 62 months ago. Dom Smith, Dom Smith finished higher on the player radar last year than Pete Alonzo. He's not going to have as many home runs, but he could bat 300. And okay, he's Pat Burrow in left field, but so what? He he can hit. He, Dom yeah. Smith is a legitimate 325 homer guy, which I think is more valuable than Pete Alonzo batting 250 with 40 homers. It's different. It depends, depends what you need. Now, Jared Walsh to me looks like he's a 270, 30 to 35 home run guy. And I'm thinking Jared Walsh needs to be ranked. I don't know about top 100 yet, but he's clearly going to play every day. And it was embarrassing that he wasn't in the first week. I mean, honestly, you're going to play pull over him. I think Jared, I know I had right field eligibility soon. So to me, Jared, let me think, who do I need to rank Jared Walsh near in my rankings? Because he's, he's going to be ranked by me near the top 100 pretty soon. Um, I am, I am 152. So I, I already have him in a nice spot, but he's going to, in my next update, Miguel Sano drops to like 220. I'm, I'm done. I've had enough. Mm-hmm. Um, Walsh versus how? Okay. You're going to think this is wild, but bear with me. Because mm-hmm. I keep doing this on this show and every show where I say these comps and you're, you're like, that's ridiculous. But I think they make sense. Why is Walsh different than Matt Olson? You're going to say because of history, because he hasn't been doing it for three years. But what's the difference in their numbers this year? Honestly, like full season, not two weeks. Why can't Jared Walsh do what Matt Olson's been doing for the last couple of years? He can. He could absolutely do that. You have a way of scraping the ceilings of players, and I can't disagree with that. It's it's a best but case scenario. You a lot can't, of these guys. And and yeah, and in our game, I totally get it. The smaller your league, the more it makes sense to take guys shooting for ceilings. It's the all-in approach. But Olson has shown an extensive track record of hitting for elite power. This is the kind of guy who could, if it all clicks, hit 50 home runs. Walsh has not come close to showing us that level of potential. Also didn't hit my weight last year. I just want to point out, and Walsh in September was arguably the best fantasy. Jared Walsh is is 43 games of this. You are really going to buy in on a guy who's done. I'm not saying that I would take him over Olsen now. I'm saying in two months, you're going to be looking at this and saying, Eric was right. Walsh can do what Olsen did. If Olsen ends up at 260 with 30 home runs, Walsh can do that. I, and Olsen I, might only be that. 
yeah, you're, you're kind of missing my point. I don't disagree with that. However, you're really going to take a guy who hasn't proven it for a lengthy period of time. I'm not, I, mean, dropping I don't Olsen think for Walsh. I'm not dropping Moncada for Seager. I'm saying, I think this is going to happen and we're going to be thinking this way soon. That's Walsh what I'm saying. Has, Walsh has never made contact at the level he has in 43 games. Never shown a track record for this. It's a complete Walsh change. was a monster in the minor leagues, Tristan. He was and not a monster in the minor hit. leagues. He had one good year in the minors. That's a monster. One, <laughs> one good year. Yeah, but he had an 1,100 OPS with 36 home runs in that one year. In, and he, in and the he PCL. In the PCL. Okay, well, I just, look. Nobody's arguing that Matt Olson isn't isn't better and 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 isn't more um, hasn't done this before. Jared Walsh is going to hit 260 with 30 home runs this year. That's what I'm saying. For with how many homers? 30. Like 260 and 30, I don't have a problem with. I really That's don't. What I'm saying. I think he has made the improvements that he's going to deliver that, and he has a good chance of doing better. And you're right, the high end might be noticeably better than Matt Olson's because of the batting average, but I think his true grade is a 250, 255 batting average. I need to see a little more evidence right, well, that he's that's made contact. That that's all. Different. And by the way, Matt Olson over his last 69 games, 2020, 2021, he's batting like 210. Yeah. So and with power, but 210. You, you, you don't. a career 245 hitter. Matt Olson's a career 245 hitter, and you're arguing with me about Jared Walsh? You t- okay. You tend you tend to really discount the guys with 50 homer bona fide potential. You do. You've historically done that. And I get it. It's the nature of how you want to build your team. All right. What's next? Marking it down June 17th. That's going to be our Jared Walsh versus Matt Olson update podcast. So make sure to tune uh, in. That's not what we're doing. Two days from today. <laughs> oh, no. And we'll see where we stand. I, I'm, I'm, maybe I'm more apt to take chances on players than maybe Tristan is. And Tristan leans wrong with he- more would, heavily on three year stats. That's fair. He then should. I'm, then I'm going to ask you this You would never do that in labor. You would never do that in labor. I'm not you would saying you, I'm doing it now in any league. I'm but, not dropping Matt Olson. I'm saying no, I have Jared trade. Walsh. We're make we're in a labor AL uh, right now, and it's not, Olsen. I would Walsh. not trade. I would not trade Olson for Walsh. I'm saying I think they're going to end up with the same numbers. That's not meaning that Walsh okay. is going to be that much better. Okay. No, but I think I, that, that encapsulates it perfectly, and I agree with you. That's I what I say that's... on all these comps. I keep saying all these comps the same way. It's like, of course, that looks ridiculous on paper, but in three months, it may not look ridiculous. That's my point. It might not. Three months. It was two months. One month. I'll, I'll Jared, I'll, I'll, I mean, on Jared Walsh. My I will point, happily I mean, acknowledge it. I will point Jared out. Walsh, by the way. You got to get credit for Dominic Smith that you were not scared by losing designated hitter. Period. I was. Scared I was all by over that. Dominic Smith two years ago, and you know that. So I was. I, I was on him before you were. I'm sorry, but but you were correct on the fact that there's no DH scare. You know, I have him in a sim league. You know, I love Dominic. Let me ask you just a simple question: Am I ever right? Like, am I ever? You're ever going to ever give me credit on anything? I'm just wondering. <laughs> I I just told you 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 were dead on Dominic Smith, and I blew it. Kyle, what's next? Next up, Sam wants to know what to do with Andrew Vaughn in a 12-team league. Wait, be patient. I I, I think Larusa obviously, he was playing against lefties. He's care, careful about left field. He has to play Mercedes. He does have to play Mercedes. I still think Andrew Vaughn's going to hit. Now, I'm not saying he's going to be Jared Walsh, but Andrew Vaughn can definitely hit. And there's no point in demoting him. There's nothing to demote him to. There's no minor leagues right now. But... If you ask me for the season numbers on Vaughn, I would say 250 with 20 home runs is is more likely than whatever I was saying uh, two weeks ago because he just might not play him. But, I mean, who, who are you dropping him for? 
if are, would I drop Vaughn for Walsh? Yes. Would I drop Vaughn for who else have, have we talked about on today's show? I'm not trying to think of like would I drop Sano? <laughs> yeah, that's different. I mean, like, I um, what is Andrew Vaughn gonna do this season? Like, that's my thing. Like, Sano, Sano is proven for power. Vaughn may not even be in the majors in a month. I'm trying to think of like who you compare. Would you drop Vaughn for CJ Crone? Yes. Would you drop Vaughn for Carlos Santana? Yeah. Points league, definitely. Rota. What about Nate Lowe versus Andrew Vaughn? That's yeah. a good one. Yeah, that is. Because Lowe, Lowe is kind of, even in like two weeks, he's been up, he's been down, he's been up again. But he's going to play every day. I don't know if he's going to hit 250. Yeah. I've got Nate the Lowe right. has more of a ceiling for this year than Vaughn actually does. Like, I don't know. Hmm. Yeah. Maybe he does. I, I think that's true. I I probably have them ranked very close with Vaughn slightly ahead of uh, Nate Lowe. And I prefer Vaughn because I think his skill set, his hit tool is naturally better than Lau's. Lau's is more of the play for power. Yeah, Lau could hit for a low batting average and not, not get nothing in Texas's line. That's a tough call. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, like I, I try to be more pay- like another week. How about another week on Vaughn and we, we get back to it next Thursday? I, I think, I think Aaron Vaughn is still going to be good. I don't think they, they know what they want to do. I think Mercedes is screwing up Vaughn. He should have been their DH. And don't tell me playing left field is going to make him hit worse. I don't believe that for a second. I, I don't believe it on Kingery or Senzel either. I think Vaughn will hit. I don't, I think you can play him anywhere and he'd hit, but we'll see. There's just the, can he play third base? Your Mercedes <laughs> is the, is Andrew Vaughn's problem. That's, that encapsulates it. That it is should, no, but if he hits playing left field, nobody will care. Nobody he will shouldn't care be playing left field. He never should have been playing left field. It's but a great the only experiment, way, but the only way for him to play now. It's the only way for him to play. And, then Mercedes and, is his problem. If, if, look, if Dom Smith can play left field, Andrew Vaughn can play left field. Dom Smith butchered a ball yesterday. That was an error. Now it's a double. They changed it. Yeah. Dom Smith's not a good left fielder. Yeah. He's got to play. Andrew Vaughn can play left field good enough. To hit 20 home runs, about 250. That's what I'm saying. I know. I'm just, the Smith comp is scary because how long has it taken for them experimenting with Smith in left field? That's uh, years. You, you can't sit him. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I hate it. I just, it's so frustrating. I hate it too. I hate pitchers batting. They're not, <laughs> like, nope, even batters aren't hitting. And you know, you have pitchers out there. It, can't, it, it doesn't work, but this is the way it is. There's no use complaining <laughs> uh, about it. All right. What else we got, Kyle? Let's finish it up. Nicholas wants to know if Plesak's more of a homework guy now than he is a regular start kind of guy. Bye, low. I can't explain what happened to Zach Plesak yesterday. He's really good. He's really good. And the White Sox are good. They hit. And Zach Plesak, the start before that, pitched seven shutout innings with Nary walk. So n- now you're going to cut him? No. Zach, Zach Plesak is going to be a top 40 starting pitcher this year, despite the fact that he couldn't get out of the first inning. On Barring the schedule, you're playing him every time. That's more or less the question. Not of course, uh, but yeah. yes, I don't sit. I don't sit Zach Plesac at Minnesota. Uh, I don't sit him at, it, it, against against the White Sox again. I don't sit. I don't sit Zach Plesac. And you know what? He got lit last night. So what? At Minnesota might be the only one in the American League that comes to mind that I am actually scared of is at Minnesota. Look, but I'm on Monday you. you weren't scared of Zach Plesac at all. This is a bad outing. It'll be fine. He's going to be okay. I'm I'm scared of everybody who's at Minnesota. It doesn't mean I'm sitting them, but you said top 40. Yes. Yes. That's it. I mean, I th- I think he has no problem getting in the top 40. You do. Oh, he's already in my top 40. No, I mean, I'm saying that at the end of the year, he, it's not going to change. 
No, no, nothing changes. Let me look and see where I have him. I might be wrong, but no, I am 25. <laughs> I love Zach Zach. And I was dis- disappointed yesterday and I have him on a few teams and I'm like, okay, so I'll lose my week. But you know, so what? Do you think he becomes a top 20 starter? That's when you said really good. That's the, that's the little thing that pops up he, in my head. I, I think there's a Kyle Hendricks vibe there when Kyle Hendricks wasn't six this week, where Plesak is not a big strikeout guy, but he's not a walker and he finds his way to getting outs. So I think there's, I think there's a pathway to him being a borderline top 20 starting pitcher the way I rank Kyle Hendricks that way. Is he, does he have Corbin Burns upside? No, of course not. Corbin, Corbin Burns, Tristan has top five fantasy pitcher upside. Corbin Burns in three months, we could be talking about him in the Cole, the Grom. You're going to laugh at me for this, but if Corbin Burns has that upside. How am I going to laugh at that? I love Corbin Burns. Corbin Burns might be in the top tier of starting pitchers. Actually, you know what? In retrospect, shame on us for not putting Corbin Burns where Walker Bueller is in the rankings. Or I've already changed that, and I'm moving him ahead of Flaherty. I'm moving him ahead of Nola. Corbin Burns is in my top 10. I had a curse. He's there now. He's there now. Honestly, I'm, I'm, I am all in, and I think there's a pathway to where he's in the top tier of starting pitchers right now. He's Bieber. He could be Bieber. I don't disagree with you in the slightest. I don't. Right. I love him. Kyle? We'll get back to trivia in just a second. Trey wanted a sympathy shout-out. He benched Rondon for or Rodon for last night and J.D. Martinez the week before. That hurts. We've all been there. I wanted to give him a shout-out because that just really cuts that deep when that happens. It does. Hey, in fairness, he was scratched Monday, and I think the only people who had him in are weeklies going for the two starts. Yeah. Which I mean, is more I think, luck than skill. And you would have used them in a daily looking at Cleveland's lineup. Sure. You always would have. Oh, yeah. But in a weekly league, yeah, I, I, I have Rodon somewhere, and I don't feel the least bit bad about not playing him in a weekly. I have better pitchers in there. It just happens. I'll bet he was active in at best 20, 25% of leagues. And his next outing could be just like Musgrove, four innings and two runs or whatever Musgrove gave up. You know, like I, this is this is what happens in April baseball. <laughs> All right, back to trivia. The four players with four homers and two steals. I know this. It's all AK. I know this too because I download the stats every day. I mean, so. I know Toronto's middle infield's done this. Yeah. I know Bichette's yeah. already. Bichette, I'm watching the them every day. Right off the bat. Um, and I know Acuna bad. is a monster. Acuna's fantastic. Yep, one more. The and the other one. Tough. The fourth guy's tricky. I think it's Otani. Yeah. Good call. Four, who I, I yep. said last year was going to steal 20 bases. Um, and I think if he gets 500 plate appearances, that's a, that's a, that's a 30 home or 20 steal right fielder. Just, you know, let's stop letting him pitch. Just put him in right field. He's got the arm. What Jared Walsh, man. We <laughs> Walsh out there. Walsh plays first. Oh yeah. That's right. Uh, Why are you playing? Why play out? I mean, it's, it's a sunk cost and he's not bringing fans out to this. St- I mean, look, hall of fame career, all credit due. Him, Yachty, all these other guys, Miguel Cabrera, but you you, you know you you can't play Albert Pujols over over Jared Walsh, you can't. And and I don't think they will down the stretch if it's critical for playoff positioning. That that'll be interesting to watch. You know what? Out. Who knows what managers want to do? Who knows? It's just the the doesn't he? He has a, very loyal. He's a milestone or two to to chase, if I recall. He so does. I get it right now, but in uh, August September. Look, I, I would love to see the Angels in the playoffs. Mike Trout is awesome, you know, uh, and I, I, I think he deserves to be in a playoff more than a wild card game, too. And I think they can win that division. I really do think the AL West is wide open. You know, Houston looks awful. 
sometimes great, sometimes awful. Like every team, Phillies, you know, like half these teams, it, it's one weekend great. Then they go on the road and they, they can't score any runs. It's it's amazing what's happening earlier in this season. So much mediocrity. Um, but I think the Angels can win that division if Bundy and Cobb are legit, you know? like Oh, so much mediocrity. That's like the definition of the Yankee season so far. Definition of this show. By the way, don't forget to check out the Baseball Tonight podcast. Our good buddy Dave Schoenfield was on recently talking about the dominant Dodgers and elite pitching, and Dave is really smart, so you should listen and get smarter. Um, that's all for today's show. Thank you so much for listening. Celebrate Jackie Robinson Day um, by eating, I don't know, 42 grapes or 42 hamburgers or 42 chicken legs like Tristan does. Whatever you do, um, the number 42. Thank you to Tristan. Awesome job today. Kyle Safi, as always, and I'm Eric Carabao. Please have an awesome weekend.